Today's episode is a little adult-themed in nature, so if you are listening with kids, you may want to wait till you are alone without them. Thank you, and on to our show. Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought-provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch, and get real. Welcome back to the Black Woman Behold takeover of Be Real. I can't believe I'm on two podcasts now. Just want to get that out there. But I'm super excited about this week because we have a sexologist here. Like, wow, a sexologist. So before we talk to our guests, I think that we just have to, I need to have a conversation about how do we start to normalize sex positive conversations? Because as a woman of a certain age, we don't have to talk about what age that is. I do remember the, most of the things I learned about sex was that don't get pregnant. (laughs) And I really think that that was it. I don't think my mama said anything more than that. Nobody talked to me about what it would be like and would it be pleasurable? You know, should I, I want to do it? Well, you know, I, nothing. They just gave me nothing to work with. And they threw me out to the lion's den to figure it out. So let's talk about how do we start to normalize sex positive conversations? Um, I'm gonna throw it to you first, Mark. You. No, I think that's a valid point. I very, very much remember being told like, you better not bring a baby in this house. So it was like, okay, so sex is the devil and possibly the cause of my um, untimely demise if I choose to partake. Um, And I actually like definitely had that ingrained in my life for a long time. Even like as a 33 year old adult, I don't engage in conversations about sex with my mother. It's just like, no, (laughs) that doesn't happen as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm a virgin until I come back with a baby. That's just. How does that include a husband? Like, yes. Well, obviously okay. a husband. Well, ideally a husband, but at 33, I'm kind of, you know, if it, if a baby okay comes, without it? I think, she, I, th- I think she'd be okay at this point at 33. I think she's like, you're old enough girl. So good luck. But yeah, like, it's just, I, I've never had sex before um, until, you know, I come back with a baby and that's like a weird thing, even as an adult. But I think it's also just one of those things where it's like, it's part respect for your parents. Right. And then it's also just still that engraved in my brain. Like, don't bring a baby into this house, even though I have my own house, (laughs) my house, their house. Like, how are you talking about my house? Like, but you know, that's a whole other thing that we can impact with, you know, the whole, you know, 
therapy and you know patterns and all that <laughs> stuff that's another conversation for another day even in 2021 I think like we're being more open about it but even still there's some like demonizing behind being sexually free and being out there like even like case in point Chloe Bailey or Lizzo like people are on Instagram doing busset challenges or silhouette challenges and folks are like oh my god they're a whore and it's like girl because I'm dancing in a camera you don't even know what I'm doing behind this. Lori Harvey. Like you don't even know what I'm doing in my bedroom. And because I'm just showing my sexuality, that's a problem. So I am looking forward to talking to Marla about like, you know, how do you even communicate that actually in practice as opposed to just people making assumptions? Um, and I know that Kim definitely went to the conference that Marla is um, in charge of hosting. So Kim, what do you think? Yeah, boy, I did. It was great. Come on. Um, yeah, no, I, this is, I love the fact that we're talking about this this week because, you know, I have become the friend that people can talk to about this stuff and I will initiate conversations and Ednisha knows that very well. She's very familiar with that. But I started off at a place of ignorance. You know, when I was young, I had a talk with a family member at like 13. And it was just a very weird, awkward, like laced with not enough information to help me understand like what's going on. And that was just kind of like the changing of your body. Like it happens around that time, right? Like when you can, you know, start to give birth or, you know, you're menstrual and when you become a woman, that rite of passage. And I think for me, a lot of what I spent my time doing and getting comfortable with normalizing sex positive conversations is reading a lot because there weren't a lot of people that I could talk to about this. And if you tried to initiate it, you were automatically shut down because assumptions were being made about what you were doing. And it's like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just, I just want to know something. Tell me something, help me figure this out. Right. It was because of their lack of comfortability, right? Like that's what this all comes from. People being just so uncomfortable about it that they couldn't even sit and talk to you when you had a question. And I think that we still see that, right? Like I still see that with friends, how uncomfortable it is. As a therapist, I always ask my clients about sex. And I, I've heard from other therapists like, oh, I don't talk about that. I'm not comfortable. But how do you be in a room and hold space for someone if you can't talk about all parts of their lives? Sex but, is a huge part of our life. Whether you're having it or not having it, you still want to talk about that. <laughs> Whether you know how to ask for it or not, we got we to gotta discuss that as well. No, I agree with that. And I think back to what Kim was talking about, the conversation. It remind, So I watched Bridgerton. I have feelings. I know y'all love it. I didn't. But one part that stuck out was the girl who was like so pressed that her mom never told her what sex was mm-hmm. about. Spoiler alert, maybe or maybe not. <laughs> Whatever. I I wasn't loving Bridgerton. I love the Duke. The <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I'm back. The point is the girl was pressed because she did not understand how sex works. She didn't understand how babies were made. She understand that it was supposed to be an enjoyable experience and she was very upset about it. So I think that that is a thing that that's important to talk about right like again we were, we're taught don't bring a baby don't get aids like it's always like catastrophic it's never like don't get std it's like don't get the don't get herpes don't get aids like the one that's going to scare it's you the never most. i do right? <laughs> it's always and it's always like you're going to die like if you bring a baby i'm gonna kill you if you get aids or herpes you're going to die of your own volition so it's just like <laughs> You're Where like, is the, no, this is like the hunger game? What's happening? <laughs> right. What is the incentive to have sex other than have a kid? And then y'all be annoyed with your kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's talk about how things have changed for us over the years and kind of put it in perspective. I do think that there was a time that 
talking about sex with a partner, talking about what I wanted, there was no comfortability there, right? I didn't know how to talk about it. It's, it's funny because you're having sex, but you don't know how to talk about sex. And it just shows how we've been limited, right? Like, I don't yeah. think that the people in our life understand how they limit us by not having that talk, right? They just kind of take their kids kind of to a clinic or somewhere like, we're going to get you birth control. We're going to do this. We're gonna... But wait, why don't you talk to me about under what circumstances maybe I should have it? Should it be under circumstances that I want to have it, right? Again, about consent, about pleasure. Like this should feel good for you. And if it doesn't, there should be a conversation about it not feeling good. And how do, what do we change so it can feel better? Like as, in a, as, a, as a woman now, I'm able to do that. But I do remember there was a time in my 20s that, you know, I was still trying to figure it out. And I think that that happens to a lot of people, not just women, but men as well. We're supposed to just know how to have sex too. That's also a weird thing I got to bring up. What like, we're taught, what, how do we know how to do it? <laughs> we're taught to prioritize men's feelings if we're being all the way honest, right? Oh, and, come on, yes, <laughs> come on. Yes, yes as, a, as a cis hetero woman, you are taught to prioritize a man's ego. You're supposed to make him feel like the man, like he's doing it. Even if you're sitting there like, this is great. Oh my God can't wait till this is over <laughs> um, you're taught to make yeah. them feel like they're doing great and it doesn't matter and for me and if you're listening mommy I'm so sorry um but <laughs> 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 this is gonna be awkward for me but you know I was dating this well I don't know if we were dating another story for another day but he was just like you know you have to tell me what you need and like and at the time I was under 30 and he was like and this is why I like to sleep with women over 30 because they're more confident with telling me what it is that they need and I was just like okay well what am I supposed to tell you like <laughs> and I started late in the game I didn't start like yesterday again sorry mom if you're listening but <laughs> I started later She's in the game Mom. Right, exactly. There's no baby. There's no proof that I've ever had sex. <laughs> um, but I started later in the game, right? So I didn't know, and I di I didn't know how to advocate for myself. Now I'd be like, get away from me. I I don't want to do that. Like this is whack. And I know what I bring to the table. So I'm gonna need you to meet me halfway at a minimum, preferably seventy five percent of the way. But <laughs> but no, it's it's a thing. Like we're taught to prioritize men's feelings as cis hetero people. And it's, it's not it. It's not Brainy. fair. It's not right. It's, it's like you're, you're suppressing your needs and desires. And you know, the fact that you don't even know what you want, because there's no space for you to explore that mm -hmm. in a way that is healthy. You know, I think you know, we're very like puritanical, you know, kind of values really does, you know, look at women like the Jezebels and things or, you know, those tropes. Uh, about women and you can't be one or the other like okay what about the Jezebel what about the, the sexually satisfied woman because she's happy and she's living her best life like yes and you can't even like get to that because there's so much judgment in you just figuring trying to figure out what you like you know not everybody likes something that they were subscribed you know subscribed to like maybe you're not straight maybe you don't want to be in a monogamous relationship but the things that are pushed on us as women, you know, we don't kind of get out of that box. So anyone who is living out loud, whatever that means for them, I applaud you and your bravery because it takes a lot to do it. If you grew up in sex positive homes where conversation was happening, yes, talk to all your friends who weren't because they in trouble. They are in <laughs> stress. 
We all can preach. This is bad. Oh, also abolish abstinence only programs now. Okay. I'm done with that. You you got people out here ignorant, walking around, not knowing what's going on. Maybe someone doesn't want to have a child, but they don't know what to do to protect themselves against that. And you can't say, well, you shouldn't be doing it, but because it's hormones or it's this or it's that, or it's a fact of life. It's know? human nature. Enough You're telling us to suppress our biology, our yes. need for touch and connection and to be with people like and cut that off. You can't cut that off. That's why a lot of people do things in the dark and they're ashamed of it. Let's go back to the 70s. <laughs> hey, I was definitely born in the wrong decade. Yes. <laughs> But But yeah, I I think normalizing it is is what we have to do and making everything okay. Especially for Black women, because I think that there's a stereotype of us being sexually promiscuous. So then there is like this guilt about sex and experiencing pleasure that doesn't always happen with other women, right? And that comes from way, way back in slavery when we were always pregnant because we needed to reproduce and, you know, for... Yeah, I'm not going to go there today. And be wet yep. nurses Stop. and all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. we're not going to go there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there is some historical factors around that. But as women, as Black women, I want us to start to just talk about sex more in a more positive way and talk about how do we prioritize our pleasure. That's right, girl. Anisha, if you had a good orgasm today, more power to you. Same to you, Marquia. Hello. I didn't, but let's talk about sex, baby. Let's and on talk that about note... You. Oh, wait, we're gonna have to. Are we gonna? Are our, we gonna get um, sued for that? <laughs> right, we do not own the rights to that phrase. We didn't but is play it, it. The, the spin, so, does Spinderella own it? Or? I, I don't know. <laughs> we, we don't have no money to get sued. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to introduce our guest so we could get the sexologist, coach, author on here to give us a little bit more to give our. Oh, thank you. Time, right, I am so excited for Marla Renee Stewart. Like fangirl over here all day every day. So Marla Renee Stewart is a sexologist, coach, and author who runs her own sexuality education company called Velvet Lips and is also a co-founder of the Sex Down South Conference. She has studied human sexuality for more than 20 years and has given over 500 workshops all over the world. She has also been featured on a variety of media outlets, including Netflix's Trigger Warning with Killer Mike, Watch episode to y'all because it's funny and love and hip hop Atlanta. She co-wrote her first book, The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay with Dr. Jessica O'Reilly, which debuted in April 2020. Get that book, too, because it's very good. All right, y'all. So um, sit back, relax. Diana would say grab your tea and uh, we're going to get to it. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 
to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's bewellpsychotherapy.com or text bewell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. Hey, 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 we are back again this week with the Black Woman Behold Takeover of Be Real. Just a shout out to Diana. I miss you. I'll see you again in a couple of weeks. But for now, I got my girls on here. Um, why don't you ladies introduce yourselves? Marquia, are you here? Are you in the house today? I am. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it is where you are. Um, how's everyone doing? It's great to be back for another week with my friends. Hey, everybody. It's Kim. I'm super excited to be uh, talking to our guest today, so I'm happy to get into it. Kim, do you want to introduce our guest? Because you have been gushing over her for some time now, and I'm I am so happy <laughs> that she said yes, right? Like, we are excited that she said yes to us. So why don't you kind of get right into it, Kim? Okay. I am super excited to introduce Marla Renee Stewart. She's a sexologist, a coach and an author who runs her own sexuality education company called Velvet Lips. And she's also the co-founder of the Sex Down South Conference. Um, I went to it a few years ago and I have been following her and I hope everyone follows her after this conversation because she's amazing. Welcome to the show, Marla. Thank you so much for having me, Kim and Marquia and Nisha. Thank you so much for uh, letting me be on your show. I'm excited to be here. So could you like briefly introduce yourself to our listeners? Because I want them to fall in love with you as much as I am with you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Again, I'm Marla. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a sexologist, sex coach, educator. Um, I like to call myself a pleasure activist and a sexual strategist. Yes, yes. I love that one. (laughs) (laughs) Just really helping people around their seduction techniques Uh, the way they communicate with each other and how they communicate and um, helping them with their sex skills. So those are like my three main focuses that um, I help, I help people with. So, yeah. And I, uh, like you said, I also am one of the co-founders of Sex Down South, which is an amazing sex conference in Atlanta every year. This year will be our seventh year, lucky number seven. And we are, of course, we did a virtual last year, um, but we basically learn across like all sorts of different things around sexuality during the day. And then we have fun and party at night and uh, we have a really great time being a sexually liberated people and embracing all that we are. So it really is a fun and unique uh, sex positive community that I love to brag about because they are a family to me. So um, I hope you all get a chance to to make sure you come down to Atlanta and check it out. No, Marla, that's super, super, super dope. Um, so your bio is super impressive. And I was put on to you by Kim. She told me about the conference. It sounds amazing. Um, but as a Black queer identifying woman, how did you get into this work? And then, you know, where do you draw your inspirations from um, for the work that you do and the endeavors that you have um, taken on? I, you know, got into this work, I want to say... Uh, like accidentally, but I I think it's like organically, right? So I was studying um, in college at the time, I was studying drama, I wanted to be an actor. 
drama, psychology, and human sexuality. I had always, I, you know, was raised what I, what I would deem a sex positive parent by my mother. She didn't want to be a, um, didn't want me to be a teenage mother. There were those lessons that I learned in the sexual scripts that I learned from her that were pretty positive, but being a part of like the college community, being a part, I was, I played basketball with uh, my college teammates um, and they were constantly asking me about sex questions because I was in all these sexuality classes. I was queer identified. I came out at 16. I had experiences with all types of people. And so I really was just sort of the go-to person for my friends. And what I really found was that they weren't having orgasms. And I was just like, (laughs) that is terrible, isn't it? Oh my gosh. They were not having orgasms. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Who are you partnering with? Why? And why aren't you having an orgasm? For me, it was really a problem because I just saw a lot of my, like, you know, my friends, my, my women friends, just not having orgasms and partnering with people and just like faking it or just having all sorts of issues. And I was just like, this is a problem. So that's pretty much how I got into it. And then being in San Francisco at the time, you know, this, you know, sexological body work, somatic body work, things like that were, it wasn't like common, common. So it was pretty uncommon, but it wasn't like extraordinary. Then when I went to the South, to Atlanta, it was really like I was the only one doing this work, which made it pretty impactful and significant for people who were just trying to, you know, who who were affected by religious trauma, who were affected by, you know, the Southern Belle identity tropes and all of these different identities that were not authentic, right? Or that they weren't themselves. And so I, I thought it was fascinating how those dynamics were. So I just came to the South to be authentic in who I was. I've never shied away. I told stories of myself, of of all the things. And I think that really helps people to embrace their own authenticity and their own desires and what they really want in people. So yeah, that's sort of like my origin story. It was just like a bunch of people who didn't have orgasms. And I was like, that's a problem. And like, let's fix this. So (laughs) It's so interesting that you talk about, you know, not having orgasms. And I think about just not being told about sex, right? Like, I think that what I learned about sex was don't get pregnant. I feel like for women, so much of our life, it's about, oh, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. And it's not about sex being something that's actually pleasurable and kind of liberating. And I should be able to have a say-so in that. And it's not just to procreate. So I love that this started at such a, in some ways, a very young age for you, right? Like in college where you're still trying to figure out who you are and you're helping other people kind of figure out who they are and what they want. A lot of sex is communication. And I think people don't understand that part because we haven't been taught how to communicate around this subject, right? Like we are only taught, we're not even taught how to do it, right? Like we're not taught much about sex at all other than to not get pregnant and try not to get an STD. And especially for Black people, I love that you are out there talking about, like, let's prioritize your pleasure. Like, what about that? Like, what about having an orgasm? What about being able to communicate with the person that you're with about your wants and your needs? And so for you to put yourself out there in a space where you're saying there wasn't many people takes a lot of courage. 
And, um, I, you know, I, I really appreciate that, that you did it at a time when it wasn't trending, you know, and yeah. it wasn't something everyone was doing. Yeah, it was definitely a weird thing for people. <laughs> you know, when I'm telling people, hey, I, I teach people how to touch people. They were just kind of like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. It was, you know, I, I think that journey is huge and and super important but um but i'm so glad there's so many more people in this industry now that are 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 doing you know the things that i'm doing so i'm i'm super happy and grateful that i also have a community that i can go to um that feels good and um, affirming so well i think it's um when you talk about the scripts that your mother gave you i think a lot of us don't have those scripts I mean, going back to what you said about, that Nisha said about being pregnant or STDs, but it's just like, how do you have these conversations if you've been, if you've never been taught how to have them, like consent or to like express desires that might not be mainstream or normal for some people, or even talking about your orientation and exploration. Because I think for a lot of us, we go through life and we just really don't have it all together or understand how to be in partnership with people. And, you know, we don't say things because for fear of being judged or fear of being looked at as not normal or abnormal. And so then you get all these isms thrown on there as well, because now you have to be, you know, straight, you have to have a kid, you have to do this, and you can't just go out and enjoy yourself. I mean, if you like having one night stands, go ahead and have them because that should, you're not harming anyone. Or if you know you like to do things with other people or lots of people, then you know you get called a hoe or you get called something. So I think like this um, stigma against sex is just really sometimes rooted in the black community in a way that's harmful to women and men because and 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 anyone who's questioning. And so how do we break out from that a little bit? Because I think that that's really difficult to do as you you know go on with your life. So there's two things that came to mind for me. One is both of y'all kind of talked about um, the sexual responsibility piece actually without naming sexual responsibility. And I think that's one of the key pieces into being able to explore, being able to not have those isms or things attached to us or those negative consequences. If we go into it very knowledgeable beforehand, you know, if, we, if we're not communicating, if we're not speaking about something, that is going to be an issue. But it, at the same time, even when we communicate, we communicate so differently because the context, our experiences, where we grew up, you know, things are just, language is different everywhere we are. So even communication tactics and understanding those things are, are going to be you need to mitigate those, right? So sometimes they're just not as easy. So different cultures, like all the things. You know, to move forward, I think one of the best things that we can do for ourselves is, you know, number one, be authentic and true to ourselves and what we're saying to ourselves. Um, I talk about in one of my, in my kissing class, I talk about, you know, when we kiss someone, and we kiss them for the first time, maybe the second, third time, and the kiss isn't right. Why do we keep kissing them? Why do we keep moving forward? You know, kissing is one of those things that are biological and, and actually can tell us who our future partners can be. So why do we keep moving forward? I did this. I had an ex-fiance and I was like, I don't like the way you kiss me. And he was like, well, I like the way I kiss you. And I was like, well, I don't like it. Like, 
I was you know, like, like you. we need to, <laughs> need to change, you know? And, you know, but if I would have stuck to my guns, listened to my gut, listened to myself and my body, instead of having, you know, a lot of times as, as cisgender women, we get all these messages of our bodies aren't good enough and these and that we shouldn't trust ourselves and this and that. And we ignore these feelings. And I think that's one of the things that is the most powerful, which is why I meditate every day to make sure I am listening. I'm listening to my inner self. I am listening to the inner guidance and that I'm listening to my, my ancestors, my spirit guides, those people, um, those, those entities, beings, whatever that are helping me on my daily journey. And if I were to listen, or even, even <laughs> if I were to listen to myself, I would have known that I shouldn't have been in that relationship in the first place. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I think that part is just really super, super important. So making sure that we're listening to ourselves. I think we have, there's too many times when we want to people please. Yes. We want to be awesome. there for our partners. Yeah. And what about what we want? Yes. Yes. And you know, every, it's natural. We all want to please our partners. We want to <laughs> make them happy. But the real problem is if, if they're maybe self-absorbed or they don't want to make you happy or they're not willing to negotiate or communicate, then that is, you know, that's the real problem there. And you, do you really want to spend your life or, you know, with someone who's going to be like that? Marla, I think that that's awesome. I also appreciate, you know, going within and meditating and all of that. That's totally my vibe. Um, but with that, right, like I'm a person that, so I don't know if you're into signs, but I feel like you are, girl. So I'm a Scorpio, <laughs> full water sign. You know how that goes. So as a person, I give a lot. And when I'm partnered, I'm like, whatever you like, you know, bark like a dog, woof, you know, the whole thing coming to America. <laughs> However, big how wolf. do you, right, big woof, woof, like the whole thing. However, <laughs> how do you like set that boundary so you're not lost in your partner so that you're able to still speak up, say what you need and also show up for yourself? I'm learning it more now. Um, we can connect after about this crazy experience I had yesterday. But um, how do you, how do you like upfront, like let your partner know, like, hey, these are the things that I need and I'm willing to meet you with what you need, but I also need to be heard, seen, felt in this process. You did it just now, right? Like, so <laughs> I think that is what you say. And I think sometimes it's hard for people just to make that step. And what I, you know, what I usually say is you, you take a little baby step in when you're communicating, right? So it's sort of like, you know what? I love your lips. Your lips are amazing. They're beautiful. And I love to kiss them, but I would really love it if you kiss me like this. Like, and so that positive reinforcement goes in there to help them sort of mitigate it. But I think when we have a need, when we say what we need, we need to know what our partner's communication style is. Um, I'm a very direct communicator. So sometimes when I say things to people, people get cut off if they're more sensitive than I am. So if they're more sensitive or mo more uh, like emotional than I am, then they sometimes people tend to be taken aback. Like you said that so abruptly or directly or honestly. So usually when I'm talking with my clients, I have to say, hey, do you like things a little bit more sugar coated? You want me to take my time with what I say? Or do you want me to be direct with you, interrupt you, let you know, hey, uh, -uh that's not going to work. 
do it this way. Like I need to know what kind of communication style is best for you. And so I think being able to connect not only on that aspect on whether you are a direct person or an indirect person, and not to say you can't, I don't want to use this word, but like train somebody to be a direct communicator, but it reminds me of my wife a lot, right? Like, you know, I'm a very direct communicator. I say what I mean, but she's, she grew up in a way that she could not directly communicate. And a lot of cisgender women grow up like that, where we just say things and then people have to guess what we mean, you know? And it, it, like, for instance, if you said I'm cold, right? Now, if you say I'm cold, there are 50 different reasons why you could be cold. And That's a statement. It, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it is a statement and you, people make assumptions, right? Does that mean you need a jacket? Does it mean I need to turn up the heat? Does it mean you need a blanket? Does it mean you want to cuddle? Does it mean, you know, there's so many, because of how we grew up in the context of our environments, we come up with different answers for each person. Each person can come up with different answers. So it's really, really important that we say what we mean. Um, for instance, when she comes home from work, you know, she'll be like, I'm home. And she'll put, and she put her, she used to put her stuff down. And I used to be like, hey, and I'm like working on my computer. And then she's like, why didn't you help me? And I was like, first of all, you didn't ask for my help. <laughs> if you needed my help, then you should say, Marla, can you help me with this thing? Then I understand that you need my help. If you just say, hey, I'm home and put your stuff down, that doesn't mean, that, does, that to me, that doesn't mean anything except for that you're home. Right. So it really sometimes takes the patience uh, really understanding how your partner communicates. So I had to be like, if you need help, then you ask for help. If you need something, then ask for that thing. I'm not going to guess what you need. This is not a guessing game. If you need something, tell me whatever you need. I don't, I'm, I'm like my, uh, my, um, rising is a Scorpio. I, I will give you exactly what you Are you need. an earth sign sun girl? I, I feel, I can tell yeah. the earth was jumping out. <laughs> tell me what you need. Be black and white, no gray. And your wife's probably what a water sign or an air sign. Um, she is. Uh, you know, it's a great question. Oh. Virgo, she's an earth sign. Earth sign, right? Yeah. yeah. Virgo, Capricorn, yeah, Taurus, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He's an expert in signs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will let you know. Go. Ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, Kim. I know you wanted to jump in, but I had to know. I felt the earth sign radiating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, go ahead. I know that you wanted to jump in. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think, you know, this is great because we're all Black women. We're working on our healing. That's what Black Women Be Whole is about and feeling whole. And I think this is a good conversation because we want to explore how Black women can benefit from exploring their sexuality and how it can impact their healing. And I think that that's a very important conversation. Like, how do we heal from some of those things or unlearn some of those things? Because you know, I remember like expecting partners to mind read like, oh, I, you know, you, I assume you know what I want and I haven't verbalized it, right? Like communication is definitely one, but what are some other things I think that we can work on to explore some of that healing through, you know, our sexuality? So one of the things that I started paying attention to as I was doing my studies and my work was our learning styles. And after reading The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene, I realized, oh, holy shit, 
our learning styles are also tied up in our seduction learning styles or our seduction, right? And how we get seduced. So for me, this was very, very important and actually very, very key to understanding and communicating with people. So regardless of who they are, how to communicate with them is largely based on their learning style and how to get their attention with. Um, so for instance, if you were trying to turn someone on, I, well, let me tell you this. I had a client, right? Mm -hmm. She was married 40 years, right? Ooh, that's a long time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she came to me and she was like, my husband still does not listen to me. You know, after 40 years of marriage, I try to tell him something. He's not listening. He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. And I was like, well, how are you talking to him? How are you communicating with him? Well, I tell him blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, well, that's probably not the way that he learns. So do this for me next time. And I asked her to like touch him a certain way for me. And as soon as she did that thing, she was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that one <laughs> thing that you told me to do now he actually listens to me and is doing what I tell him to do. And I was like, perfect. I was like that sometimes it just takes that one thing or that one way of communicating so that you can um, really get your point across. What I um, talk about is, you know, are you a visual person? Are you auditory? Are you tactile? Mm -hmm. These things are going to make a difference on whether you connect with your partner um, in a good in a good way. Now, if y'all are both auditory, auditory people love to talk. So if you're both auditory, it's like playing. It's like uh, playing double Dutch when you when you're talking, right? You're like, yeah, Yo, I'd be like, uh, drop your pants, uh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> So like with auditory people, you know, you can't have two auditory people, you know, um, together, you have to have someone who's auditory, maybe someone who's visual or tactile. So they understand those pieces. So I think it's really, really important to understand what their seduction learning style, what they need from you, as well as what you need from them and how to communicate what you need from them. So if I'm a visual person, like I need you, oh, I, I, I I shouldn't talk about it like this, but I was like, you know, think about my, my wife and her, her, her hair, you know, back. Right. And she always has this like one little hair that just bothers me because I'm a visual person. Right. And I'm just like, stick it down, comb, do something. Right. Like drives me nuts. So what are the ways that I can communicate to her to say like, Hey, I think you're beautiful and amazing. And also here's a bobby pin. I think that would fix this issue for me visually so I can see you and your complete beauty and, and adore you the way that I would like to adore you or whatever the case may be. So just really understanding each other's learning styles is going to be important. I love that you bring that up because as a therapist, you know, I talk to people about modeling behavior, right? And hopefully like, you know, a partner can see it that way, but also just taking the time to figure out who you are, get to know yourself a little bit, do some self-exploration and then allow your partner to do some self-exploration also, right? And then you guys kind of talk about what you've learned about yourself so then you can share it. So the other person in your life can kind of have a better understanding. Um, but I think that we're going to take a break. And then after the break, I really want to talk about Sex Down South Conference. I want you to kind of let our listeners know all about it. 
the things that you discuss within the conference, you know, some of the themes. And so we're going to take a small break, guys, and we'll be right back. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. So we are back talking with Marla Stewart. We are so excited about our talk today, but we do really have to talk about this Sex Down South conference that you are the co-creator of. And of course, Kim had the pleasure of attending uh, before the pandemic. So she was actually live in person. Two years in a row though. Okay. Okay. I hear you, girl. Um, So we want to know a little bit about like what areas have you covered in the Sex Down South Conference? And uh, what do you think the largest obstacle is in the South regarding like sexual health, identity and liberation? Oh, there's a lot there. Um, (laughs) You you can give us a short version, Marla. (laughs) So with Sex Down South, we cover a gamut of, you know, different things on the sexuality spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. So everything from uh, alternative sexual communities, like, you know, polyamorous, non-monogamous folks, kinksters, swingers, to reproductive justice. We talk about sexual healing, sexual trauma. We have a healing space um, that people can go to if they're feeling some type of way or something gets to them, or they're just reminded of something or whatever the case may be, they get triggered. Um, they can go there or they could just go get some, I don't know, Reiki energy, you know, energy work done. They, you know, people offer all sorts of things. In our online conference last year, we had, you know, psychics come on. We had uh-huh. people doing tarot. We had like a lot of different people doing all sorts of stuff. So yeah, we had a lot of, a lot of kinky folks. We have a dungeon. Um, oh yeah. Sex down south. Okay, so- Candy. <laughs> hey ours is better ours is actually a dungeon ours isn't just like a show with some singing and some kinky clothes on you know you know get a paddle or a whip and being like yeah like no this is actual like black folks doing kink and you know and, and it was funny because actually when uh, jasmine king and i so we debuted the dungeon in 2019 what happened was that people thought we were emulating Candy's dungeon. Right. Like, and we were like, no, 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 no. We've been doing kink for a long time. This is a real dungeon, not that fake dungeon tour, whatever it is. That's not a dungeon. 
this is a dungeon. And they saw, you know, lots of black people engaging. And they were like, oh my gosh, I actually got a couple of clients from that because they were like, this is amazing. I had never learned about this life and whatever. And so there's that, the, the dungeon. And then we have like lots of different sexuality speakers that are, you know, we have our sex celebs that come in and speak and do keynotes and and lots of different teachers, educators that come in and, and teach. So lots of sex therapists, lots of, you know, folks who've been in the industry for a while. Um, and, you know, of course, new folks who, you know, making their way into this industry too as well. But yeah, we cover everything. And the most important thing I think about the Sex Down South Conference is the fact that we uplift the voices of people of color. Mm-hmm. We um, uplift the voices of queer, trans, non-binary folks, of, you know, folks who are disabled, sex workers, uh, survivors. We really make it a point to uplift those voices who have been traditionally marginalized or silenced, especially in sexuality communities. And so that's what makes Sex Down South for me particularly special. For me, it was just a really beautiful experience to be in conversation with people I just don't normally interact with and to just really like have things normalized. Like talking about sex is not taboo because you have to talk about it because it's a part of human life and human nature. And there was a really great workshop I took about consent and boundaries, which I thought was really special because we don't have those conversations like in the, you know, quote unquote straight world. I think there's just all this layers of patriarchy and toxic masculinity and and women too um, and perpetuation of really harmful stereotypes that a lot of us don't benefit from and one of the things that I was really like just amazed about is that every time I met someone they would like really like say can I touch your shoulder before they actually like touched me they made no assumptions that that's what I wanted from them like it was very sort of like consent based like do you mind talking about this? And so it just was a really like beautiful experience. And it was like, I don't experience this like when I'm out at like a club or a bar, like people are very touchy feely. And it's a very weird thing that my boundaries and my space were like, not just kind of taken over, but they were asked before interaction. There were really great workshops. There was one about like um, trauma and, you know, working through trauma and, you know, through, you know, sexual liberation, which I thought was really great because a lot of people have had, a lot of women have had traumatic experiences. They don't speak about it. And so you get into a relationship with someone having this thing that you haven't addressed and it does impact how you relate to that person or how you in partnership with that person. And so people were actually able to communicate about their trauma and really talk it through um, with a therapist, someone who's licensed and someone who's had the education to be able to really help you work through it and give you some techniques and tools. And then there was a really good one about shame and sexuality and mental health and normalizing all of that stuff. And they talked about how depression and anxiety um, play a part in that and how it keeps us away from our pleasure. So I just think like, it's not just sex, you know, it's not just titillating like, ooh, sex, you know, yes, there's dungeon. Yes, there are the, yes, there's the big bang party. Yes, there's the little bang party. And yes, there's things going on, but there's also like really important information being imparted for people who don't have a space to have those conversations or they don't feel safe having those conversations. When you say don't yuck up anyone's yum, it's very important for people to, to, and you honor that and you enforce that because you don't know what someone likes. And just because you don't like it, that doesn't mean that it should not be um, expressed by that person. 
I think you create a safe space and we talk a lot about safe spaces with Black Women Behold, you know, creating safe spaces for Black women to unpack and do some healing work. And so I, I do believe like the values that um, the Sex Down South Conference promotes are in effect. And so, I mean, it, like I said, it was transformative for me and I learned a lot, you know, I like to, I like to know things like I'm always like seeking out knowledge. And so sometimes it's like, oh, how do I get this information about how to do this better, you know, or what is this, what's really going on in the community or the trends or something that I can take for myself to then help me. So I really appreciate the, the Sex Down South Conference and everyone should attend if they can and let go of like your stuff, right? Like at first I was a little awkward and I was like, oh, what am I doing here? This feels really weird. Like that Southern Baptist conservative family thing just kept bumping up like, this is not where you're supposed to be. And then it's just sort of like gradually I loosened up. So I think for me, like it was that it was a great experience in that I learned a lot about myself and what I thought I was, because I thought I was a lot more freer. <laughs> and I realized I'm like, no, you can, you're actually not like you're not in the space enough to have those conversations to be free. Because so I think like, probably, it was you're probably generally with people who are all wound up. So you feel really free around them. Right. But then when you come to a space like this, you're like, oh, wow, this is a different type of freedom that we are just not used to. Um, I think I love that we are normalizing sex positive conversations, right? And how do we kind of ease up on this stigma and kind of improve the way we go out into the world and talk about it? I mean, as a therapist, I ask my clients, like, how are you prioritizing pleasure? And they always look at me with this weird look, like, what do you mean, Anisha? Pleasure. Like, oh, you should have pleasure in your life. And it doesn't I have to just be around sex, but just pleasure in general. And I think that sometimes as Black people, we don't have that, right? Like, it seems like life is supposed to be just hard. And I'm like, yeah, no, it doesn't have to always be hard. But when are we trying to find our joy? And so for me, I think about as a Black woman, just not kind of having control of my body. I remember when I was young and I started to develop, the first thing they would say is like, oh, you fast. Oh, you think you grown. And I'm like, I have no control over how my body is developing, right? And so then when you get older, you shy away from talking about sex. You shy away from talking about your body. And as a black woman in this country, my body has never been the ideal. My butt, my breasts, my lips, none of that. My hips have never been the ideal. And so it takes so much work to think about how do I start to feel good about my body? How do I start to be proud about what I look like? And I think about you kind of being in this in this space, Kim, and, and how freeing that must have been for you, right? To see all of these other people of color around you. Because the thought is that, oh, Black people don't do that. It's always like whenever there's something, it's like, oh, we don't, we do everything. We're interested in everything. And in my practice, I talk to people who are non-monogamous. Um, and I'm like, we should be able to talk about that. But a lot of times because of religion, you know, it's only kind of one way. Like I can only be married, only two people in this couple. And I'm like, but if that's not what feels good for you, let's talk about what feels good. So I love that we're having a conversation around the things that feel good to us. And Marla, I'm so happy that you are helping people have conversations about what feels good to them in a safe space, in a judgment-free space, because we generally don't have that a lot. I appreciate you spending time with us, Marla. I definitely hope that you'll come hang out um, when we launch our podcast too, because I have like all the questions about <laughs> everything. Like I'm um, I'm not going to talk too much of my business, but yes, we're we going to chat, girl. We're going to chat. <laughs> <laughs> 
one thing I wanted to say um, that you actually brought up for me is um, I, I wrote this blog called Are You Entitled to a Black Woman's Body? And it's very interesting about how like the history uh, of how our bodies have not been ours, right? No. And how they've been worked on, how they've been um, how they've been treated and still are being treated, right? Like when you go to a doctor's office, even today, we're still treated not the way that we would like to be treated. So it's really, I, I think it's really, really important to think about how we can own, we own our bodies and, yes. and how we need to make sure people understand that. I'm really good at checking people. So when people say something, I say something like, no, 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 you know, and I think it's really important that we speak up, especially as black women, because we've been silenced for so long and because our bodies have been used for so long, it's very, very important for me to say like, hey, you cannot use my body like that. I'm going to tell you how my body how I want my body to be and how it should, you know, how it should run. I'm going to listen, but yeah, I think that's also just important just to keep in mind, just to make sure that when you're communicating with, with someone that you are really being intentional about how they are approaching you or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think sometimes it's hard as a therapist because you can't really, you can't really talk about yourself, you know? No, no, not at all. You know, you're like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't <laughs> touch them. I can't talk about this. And so for me, I think it was really important for me to be a, like a sexual strategist and a coach because it's like, hey, I can touch you like this and I can tell you my story. Yes. Um, and you might benefit a from way. my story mm -hmm. because it, this is how it helped me. And so I think that's the one part about like, but when somebody has some trauma and needs healing, I'm, I'm usually like, you need to see a therapist. If there's something that I'm like, I can't, I can't handle that. That's something that's not in my lane. So what I think- I no, I'm sorry. What I do hear from you is kind of this theme of communication. And so I'm hoping that our listeners can hear that part because that's really what we want them to hear is so important for you to communicate what your needs are. And so when I think about communication, I have to think about the fact that we have been living in a pandemic for almost a year, right? So before we get out of here, I want you to be like, what would be your best advice to give someone who is single or, or who is in a relationship about communicating their needs right now? If you're, you know, single and you are trying to communicate your needs, one of the things that you need to do is I'm working with a single client right now is be specific. So, you know, <laughs> she'll say something along the lines of like, I want a man who is generous. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. Generous with what? Generous with his money, generous <laughs> with his time, generous with his smiles that he gives you. What is he generous? Come on, Marla, let's be specific. <laughs> Marla, if you're going to talk about me, you could just say you're talking about me, sis. Like, it's okay. <laughs> it's a safe space. Go for it. <laughs> I think it's really important that we be specific in our awareness of what we want. It's just super, super important to be specific. And, and have that awareness. And I think also in couples to pay attention to your, to, to your partner, um, get those seduction learning styles. Like just, just do that. Just take, you can go on my, take the quiz, just get the hack. I have a hack, a way of doing it. Just do it, get it done um, by the book. You know, that'd be great. Um, so those things I think are just super, super important. And we're going to have all of that, of course, in the show notes, the book, 
all of it. And you're at velvetlips.com. Velvetlipsexed.com. And we'll have it all in the show notes, but we're about to get out of here, but I think we got to have just a little bit of fun before we go. Okay. So I got to ask you, Marla, what's the kinkiest thing you've ever done? We're talking about communicating our wants, our desires. You had to communicate something to somebody one day about that thing. Well, you know, I would say the kinkiest thing that I've done is at Sex Down South, I really, I had been, I I needed someone to practice my, um, to practice on for a pussy worship and torture scene. I was just like, anybody want to do this with me, please speak up. And um, (laughs) someone did come to me and say like, I've never done it before, but hey, you, yeah, I, I know you run this conference. I can't go wrong with you. So like, let's do it. And so I had this wonderful and amazing scene. My, my violet wand like buzzed out. It was like brand new and it was yeah. anyway, <laughs> didn't, didn't have, but it was fine because I had everything else in play. So um, I don't want to worry your listeners too much, but it involved light. It involved a medical stapler and involved, uh, you know, nipple clamps and thigh harness clamps and uh, a sex swing and, you know, all the things. So it was a, a really fun scene for me. And um, yeah, and I, I appreciated someone who was just like, I'll do it. And, you know, was like, I didn't know the person at all. And yeah, she was willing to just be ready for it. So myself uh, out there, literally. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> in front of a whole, in, I mean, and the dungeon was pretty full. We probably had about, you know, 100, 150 people in it. So Ooh, back when outside was open. So I want to tell our listeners that you have to, have to, have to go to velvetlipsexed.com because Marla has some amazing workshops out there for both couples and singles. Um, There's workshops where you can do with other people. You can kind of do some one-on-one coaching with Marla. Um, She talks about the art of the sensual kiss, uh, building your sexual confidence. And so please check out her website. And um, I just got to thank you, Marla, for coming today. Um, ladies, do you have anything to say to Marla before we go? But this has been amazing. So thank you. Marla, I love you even more. That's all I can say. <laughs> I appreciate your energy. I um, actually was introduced to you and the Killer Mike documentary on Netflix. So it's nice to actually like meet you. And like, I look forward to like keeping this connection going because I, I like your energy and your vibe. You're great. Aww. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. This was really fun and your questions are absolutely great. So I love being here. If you ever need me again, just feel free to holler at me. So I love it. Thank you so much guys for listening. Um, There is also one more week of the black woman be whole takeover. So we will be back at it again next week. So um, we will talk to you then you guys have a good day. Bye. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? 
If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real Podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.